Okay, well, welcome to um, welcome to this discussion. Um, I guess you can't really call it a discussion since I'm here by myself and I don't have anybody else to uh, talk to about this. What what um, <laughs> what is a good question? What possesses me to do such a thing? So there's an area of um, there's an area of the kingdom that I've been wanting to talk about for some time. And it's some principles of the kingdom, not principles of just Christianity or religion, but principles of the kingdom. And this is the inaugural, if if you want to use that word. Um, this is the inaugural version of it. <laughs> so uh, the principles of the kingdom are, are one of those kind of things that's like... Um, We want to be simple and concise. We want to make it so it's easy to understand. But um, there's a reality that, uh, and, and, and I'm going to go over the topics here. We're going to focus on one for this episode, see how it goes. If it turns out well, then we'll continue on. But we, we want we want to make them simple and concise and, and easy to understand. But there's a reality that our understanding of the kingdom increases as our understanding of God increases. We're never going to get everything of God. We're never going to understand everything about Him. That's a gimme. If you think you have, you're probably not serving the right God <laughs> to begin with. But there is a reality where there are things, and I apologize in advance, I use that term a lot. There is a reality. Because there is. There's a reality. But um, um, the reality of of what it means to be in the kingdom as opposed to what it means to just be a Christian is that is the kingdom kingdom implies <clears throat> excuse me kingdom implies it is at the dominion of a king and being a Christian means we're we know Jesus but as we grow to know Jesus better and make him more the Lord of our lives that process changes and increases and improves and there are things that we do that we start to see uh, deeper and understand better the different parts of what it means to know Jesus and for him to be our king, thus the kingdom. Okay. So this list, and, and this is, this is by, by no way, by no stretch of the word, um, is this an exhaustive list. But these, these are the things uh, that we're going to get into. Um, if if this um, uh, if this discussion continues on, and uh, I would I would love to have an opportunity to bring a few other voices into this as we go further along. Um, so we'll see. I do have several people that I would love to sit down and have a discussion about the things of God, uh, specifically the things of the kingdom. So. <clears throat> the principles of the kingdom. Uh, this is my list, and like I said, it's not complete. And if I ever do get to the end of this list, because it's a pretty extensive list, but if I ever do get to the end of this list, <laughs> probably we'll be adding things somewhere along the way. So uh, here we go: generosity, grace, love, family, a spiritual hunger, mission, growth, absorption, worship, prayer, Holy Spirit, fivefold ministry, discipleship, revelation, wisdom, signs and wonders. And honor. Each of these have, um, if you're paying attention, I mean, not to me, just to the things of the kingdom, each of these will have special connotations for you and your relationship with God. 
And um, it's a fascinating thing to think, uh, growing up as a kid in church, my understanding of the kingdom was um, in the stories of King Arthur. I mean, <laughs> it really was. It was, it was. it was funny to look back now and realize um, there was a there was an introduction to Jesus that never really was happening in my life, even though I knew him. When I was 13 years old, I was filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, spoken tongues, blah, blah, blah. Had no idea. And e even at that point, there was no teaching. There was no discipleship, no genuine discipleship that told me anything about the fivefold ministry. I didn't know what a prophet, a prophets and, 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 uh, um, um, apostles and prophets were something from the Old Testament and New Testament, but not for today. They were, they, they just weren't taught. And when we get to that point, maybe we'll talk about that. That'll probably take four or five episodes to get through because it's such a big subject. Um, all of these are big subjects. And I'm going to start off with one that's that's probably not the first one that, that people tend to think of when they think of the um, uh, kingdom principles. But uh, one of the big kingdom principles for me, literally, I believe, uh, and should be for all of us, is generosity. Generosity. Now, a generosity defined in the dictionaries is a readiness or liberality in giving. Freedom from meanness or smallness of mind or character. Or largeness or fullness. Amplitude. I mean, sh amplified. Okay. Now, part of that's like, <clears throat> how does that work? And, you know, there, there, there are so many scriptures that talk about generosity in the Bible. But I think our, our key, our key um, understanding of what generosity is, is to look at what Christ did for us. We're, we're not, none of us are at a level where we're like, okay, um, goody, goody. You know, um, this past week, uh, w w my wife and I have just the most amazing pastor. And um, her, her name is Emily. She is she is uh, so anointed for for teaching at a level that is impacting, and not at a level of um, let me just preach. So she was she was talking about um, the simplicity of the cross, and she broke down and cried. You know what Jesus did for us? His love for us so great, and it's like it's like I'm thinking to myself, wow. You know we 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 need to live in that tenderness that we're always you know the generosity of Christ being. Not just something that we, you know, that, that comes up in conversation, but it's something that we are truly, truly uh, desiring to model our lives off of. So, um, the, the generosity is is kind of displayed in the kingdom in a couple of different ways. Uh, number one, it's displayed in in the ways, the things that we do in our flesh. As Christians, you know, James told us that uh, um, Faith without works is dead. What we tend to do is we tend to compartmentalize our belief in Christ, and we're at one point we're we're oh okay yeah I'm good and everything, but we then then that when it comes to actually bringing about and putting action to our relationship, letting the world see it in our flesh, we say well I live in grace. Well yeah you live in grace, but you know Paul told us not to abuse the grace. You know, we don't we don't continue to live a life that looks like the world, and 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 not make it a concerted effort to display Christ within us through our actions and the way we talk, the way we act, and so on. So actions in the flesh, meaning giving of our finances. Boy, this is always such a sore spot. We're so hung up. 
you know, we, we they're, they're like, they're, there's two camps when it comes to giving money away. One camp is, is um, um, you know, oh, I'll give my tithes. And it's like, okay, you give your tithes, but do you give your tithes because Scripture tells you to or because you desire to? Or we have the greedy guy who is so, he is so, um, um, what do you call it? What's the word I'm looking for? He is so self-absorbed that he, you know, he, he is, he's so worried about dotting his I's and crossing his T's that his tithes is to this penny, you know, Um I had a friend and I was talking about uh, generosity and how important it is as as people of God, how important it is to be generous in everything we do. And and there's 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 many 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 ways that we can be generous. But one of the key ways to be generous is um, don't go out to eat at a restaurant unless you can tip good. And I mean good. This is such a simple principle. It if it is very effective. It touches people's lives. When we go, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying this stuff to brag on myself, but when we go out, if we can't go out and give that waitress or waiter at least a twenty dollar tip or more, we try to match whatever it is, our, and we've exceeded it a few times, and and then that's because of God's graciousness to us, His generosity to us allows us to do that. But my friend told me a story about a pastor one time. They were, uh, they were uh, having dinner with this other pastor, and uh, uh, or he was a minister. I don't know if he was actually a pastor, but hope not anyway um you know um, um my fr- my friend was wanting to give a significant tip but the other guy was paying and so he was trying to feel out whether or not he would what kind of a tip he'd be given and through the course of the conversation found out that um the man was so hardline when it come to his finances that he gave 10 percent to the church and everybody else was just screwed. I'm like, I he I said what? He said yeah, that was his way of thinking, that he he's required to give ten percent to God. He's not required to give anything to anybody else. Because my friend was like, you know, as a Christian, we should be generous. And I'm like, no, no, that's not. And you know, and and it was just it was it's just a sad, sad, pitiful, absolutely pitiful way to think that we we give our tithes and so we're good you know um you know oh i gave 50 cents to the kids to give in the children's church offering woohoo you know pat myself on the back there's a there's a reality where generosity which is a which is a direct reflection of the generosity of god and giving his son for us that's that generosity is a direct reflection of who christ is so if we're stingy that's what the world sees. That's that's who Jesus is to the world. It's a really sad, sad deal. But it's true. And it happens way more than it should be happening. But it does. So, generosity should be, um, maybe not the first thing, but one of the highest priorities of us as Christians is to be generous in our finances. Now, I, I, I'm constantly asked... Um, I, I, we have connections literally all over the world now. And it's it's just amazing. It's something, it's a gift that God's been given us is is to, I mean, they are the gifts. Not, not we're like, oh, all that in a bag of chips and that's why we have connections. No, the connections themselves are the gifts that God's been given us. And um, um, many times that person who is connecting with us uh, through social media and whatnot it is doing so 
uh, with the express purpose of trying to find those who will donate into their uh, ministry. And I have no problem with that. I have absolutely no problem whatsoever. But I'm also very careful on what I give into those ministries, not being able to check the reprobableness of it. And if the Holy Spirit is, is telling me, you need to do this, then I do it. And if the Holy Spirit is not telling me, then I don't do it. Bunch of reasons. One of them is because as a minister myself, quite often the struggle to make ends meet is, is very real. And I understand that. So what our generosity uh, what, where, where our generosity comes into play is you start finding other ways that you can help. So beyond the financial thing, we pray for these people. We support them in any way that we can. We are, in fact, some of our teachings are geared specifically towards them. There are things that we can do that show our generosity, to, especially to our brothers and sisters. That said, there's wisdom that we need to understand. Giving to missions is huge. It's not a it's not a suggestion Paul talks about and it says, hey, point blank, you know, I need you to give. You need to give. We don't give to missions just for missions. We give to missions because we need to be able to give. We need to be able to step into that. And many times the struggle that we have is because we're making choices of what to do with our finances that do not fit the choices that Christ is calling us to make. So missions is big. Um, giving with our finances, giving with our actions, being active in our church, being active in our community. We have a friend in our church, and I won't say her name because I don't have permission. Uh, she probably wouldn't care, but she is. Um, <laughs> our pastor is often referred to as the Mother Teresa for our city. And she is. She has a heart for people. She would, to, to be honest with you, she would probably just love it if all the the technical stuff would just go away and she could just love on people because that's that's her heart. The actions that we give reflect the generosity of who fills us. And many times that generosity is given of your time and given of your actions, given of your back when you need to do something and uh, giving positivity in your life to others. One of the uh, one of the things that we can do is we can pray with people and love on people, and and teach what Jesus is teaching us to others. It's very important. I mean, I, I love teaching. It's it's a it's a passion for me to teach the Word of God and to teach um, the the principles of the kingdom and so on. But many times it, that teaching has to come from somebody who's not a teacher, somebody who just loves people. And one of the struggles that we have is we start to look at our faults or our shortcomings. I got a lot of them. I got a long list. I could spend all day telling you about where the, the places where I fail at because there, I have a lot of them. But there's a reality, pardon that use of that term again, I say it a lot. There's a reality where we can make the choice of saying, I have something. It might just be a positive word. It might just be something that God did for me, a testimony. Testimonies are super important. But we can be generous with the things that God gives us that aren't necessarily always um, that palpable or or uh, involving finances or even involving helping somebody move or something. Sometimes it's just that sit down, cup of coffee. Hey, how's your day going? Be generous with who you are as a Christian. Now, the other the other way that we can show our generosity are actions in the spiritual realm and 
and the 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 giving of what God gives you sometimes that's part of it. Giving our blessings to others, and I love that term, giving our blessings. We give our blessings to others. That means that we give of what God is doing inside of us. So one of the one of the things that that we teach about quite often is uh, the spirit of wisdom and revelation, which is found in first first uh, chapter of Ephesians, and it talks about how Paul is praying for those he is writing to. Uh, to be filled with the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God. Okay, what does that mean? It's simply, we get to a place where the Holy Spirit is connected to us uh, in such a way. We've, we've, we've given ourselves over to him. We've studied, we've prayed, we've sought him long enough that he begins to reveal things to us that we would never otherwise see. Powerful, powerful things. And many times those things are simply what's in the scriptures. So on in the mornings uh, in our house, um, Monday through Friday, um, and sometimes there are things going on. It doesn't happen, but at nine o'clock on the on the West Coast side of of the United States, we have Bible study live on Facebook. Anybody who's connected with me on Facebook can watch. And um, if I tag somebody, which I often do, um, it, it, the people that are friends with that person can sometimes watch as well. It's 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 Facebook, and it's always kind of squirrely. Um, excuse me. But there's a um, a time that we sit down. We don't pre-study. We don't go and study the Word ahead of time. Uh, and then we have this rotating schedule of, of, of Scripture that we're studying because we're asking the Holy Spirit to show. Well, So the Holy Spirit begins to show me things. And it's one of the greatest privileges in the world is to be able to teach the things the Holy Spirit is showing me. And quite often it's something that's out of nowhere. The Holy Spirit shows it, opens it up, and boom. Like this morning we were talking about uh, suffering and how Paul talks about how much he he appreciates or he's he's suffering with joy because of the things that, that, that his sufferings um, uh, were uh, created in others. And then this whole thing the Holy Spirit taught us about suffering. It was just amazing. It was beautiful. So that blessing that he has put in me, the opportunity to be able to teach that blessing and teach and bring some spiritual truth to others, that's that's part of my generosity. It's part of me showing the generosity of the kingdom and something. Praying for others. Taking the time to not just say, hey, I'll pray for you, you know, but to actually grab that person, put your arms around them, love on them, and pray God's blessing into their lives. Another spiritual activity in our churches, uh, seeking ways to promote others. There are many things that the Holy Spirit will open the door to us um, to be generous with. Now, I want to flip this because generosity is usually something we 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 understand as a way to um, uh, to give to other humans. Our generosity goes even further than that, and our generosity should be in our time given to God. And and I'm. You're probably going to say, "Oh, well, what is it you do?" And I'm going to tell you honestly, not enough. You know, we spend an hour in the morning in prayer and and Bible study, and um, and then we spend um, time here and there throughout the day. But but and then and then uh, about a half an hour, give or take, uh, before before bedtime. I'm just I'm being transparent in this. I don't spend enough time with God. Here's here's one of the things the Lord showed me, and we can we can tie this together. It's one of the things that He showed me. He said, He told me He said, Matt, if you want your habits, your bad habits, 
to drop off. You need to fill more of your time with me. Make me Lord of your life. Not just not just the guy that you know, but Lord of your life. And I'm like, wow, that's that's amazing. Have I done it? No. Um, I'm working on it. <laughs> I don't know if that counts, but I am working on it. Our time... Somebody said a long time ago, I don't remember who said it the first time, time is the most valuable thing on the planet because you can't retrieve it. There's nothing you can do to get it back. You might be able to recoup um, millions in cash. You might be able to get property back. You you know you 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 might be able to get back with your girlfriend or your boyfriend, your husband, your wife, whatever your children. But you can't get time back. You can't retrieve that. Once time has come and gone, it's gone for good. And so that makes it super valuable. So when we learn to be generous with our time especially in giving it to God. But we see how we can take that even further and being generous with our time with other people. But when we learn to be generous with our time to God, that is the closest thing we'll ever come to recouping that time because of what happens. And that's probably the hardest thing, even for Christians, in a world that we live in today, which is just so busy. Go, 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 go. You've got to make money. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. You've got everything from kids' games and, and you know the soccer practice. And you've got a um, job to do this and a job to do that. And this person has to have a job. And this has to, and you've got to pay this bill and you've got to pay that bill. And just it's just, it's just never ending. It's just, just go, 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 go all the time. And so delegating time to do something that doesn't have, quote, an immediate, um, you know, ROI is is one of those kind of things that, that, that we struggle with. Even as Christians, we struggle with. And I'll be honest with you, I, I, I don't do well in that area. I just simply don't do well in that area. It's not an area uh, that I'm good at. It is an area, however, I know I'm supposed to pursue. And maybe you get that too. Maybe you're 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 going through the same thing. You're like, hey, I I know what you're talking about, Matt, because that's that's really I need to I need to be more generous with my time to God. What happens in that process is that our generosity towards God and towards the the things of the kingdom, as that grows, it changes us. You know, one of the reasons it changes us is because if we're if we're being generous to God with our time, God is doing something in that moment that's changing us. It 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 may not be like boom kind of thing where suddenly we get it. It may take time, but then again, it may not. This is why it's important for us to pursue God and give Him time, give Him a part of us, be generous with God, in those things. And in, in that process, we learn to be generous in a lot of these other areas. Uh, time management is super, super important. And I'm not good at it. And I'm, I know, I don't know very many people that are very good at it. I know some that are like, boom, 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 boom. They got like a scheduling app in their brain or something. And even with a scheduling app on my phone, I still <laughs> get all messed up. Um, so it's important that we realize, hey, look, you know, there are there are places where we can give of our time, our effort, our finances, 
and be generous. And, and, and again, we need to go back to that understanding that, that um, God loves a cheerful giver, which, which means someone who chooses to give because they love giving. And if, 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 that's a, if, that's a, if that's a place, if that's a sore spot, then that's a place that you need to focus. I absolutely love giving. And I'm, you know, it's, there's, there's nothing greater, <laughs> there's, no, there's no feeling greater in the world than to walk away from a restaurant knowing that you paid for somebody's lunch or whatever, and they don't know who you are. Because that's not why I'm doing, and again, I'm not bragging on myself, I'm just telling you there's a truth to this. They don't know who you are because you're not there to get their accolades and their, their applause. You are there to love on them and let them know that God cares for them and wants to bless them. So we, we have that opportunity many times when we approach somebody and we're just like, you know, um, we start demanding. And God's saying, no, 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 don't demand. Give. And give generously. Paying your tithes is giving. But compared to the, to the giving that's been given to us, it's... It's perfunctory. It's you're doing it because you're supposed to. And I, I would, I would approach it this way: if you struggle with knowing why you're giving, if you struggle with that, or if, or if your understanding of giving is because Scripture says we're supposed to give, stop. Because you're you're doing it under the law, and it's not going to do you any good. It's not going to bless you. It's not going to bless anybody else. There's nothing wrong with giving 10% or 2% or 20% if it's being given because you know that's what the Lord is leading you to do and because you love to give. When we choose to give out of generosity and love of what it does to others, it will change the way we think. Now, I, I you know, Nancy and I give, we, we, we give generously to... to um, um, to our waitresses, we pick up other people's tabs, we do that kind of stuff. Does that mean that we're like um, rolling in the dough? No, we're dead broke. Has nothing to do with that. It's the joy of knowing that the Lord put it in your heart to do something and you did it. Obedience is better than sacrifice. In, in When you feel like the Holy Spirit's telling you to do something, it's more important to respond with yes than whatever you're going to give up. That's what that means. So if I if I feel like the Lord is saying, okay, uh, you need to give a hundred bucks to this man on the street, and I know that's what the Lord's saying, the fact that I give it out of obedience is more important than what I gave. Hope that makes sense to you. That's what it means when when the Scripture says obedience is more important than sacrifice. Whatever I give up is not nearly as important as the fact that I am obeying God. But, the, but, but there's a, uh, another reality or another side to that is that do you do that? Because the Holy Spirit's demanding because he doesn't demand things. But are you doing that because that's what you're supposed to do? Or are you doing that because it, you love the opportunity to love on a stranger in the name of Christ? Because that's why we do it. We're doing these things in the name of Christ. We're not doing it because, oh, boom. Uh, yeah, it sounds like a good idea. No, it's because that's who we are. So, um, I'm going to finish this up. And uh, we'll try to get on to another one here the next time we, we come together. Generosity 
will change the people you interact with. That it will change them. Waitresses, and when I was a kid, um, and a lot of people, and I, I will finish up with this. When I was a kid, a lot of a lot of people will verify this. Some of the worst customers that I'd ever get in a restaurant were Christians. It's it still happens, but strangely enough, it still happens. Christians go into restaurants on Sunday afternoons after church, and they're rude and demanding, and they don't tip at all to speak of. I can remember when I was a kid seeing that happen. You know, a bunch of us would get together and go to restaurant after church, and I don't ever remember tips. I don't ever remember that kind of stuff. I mean, I don't know if my parents tipped or not, but I do remember the complaint of the food sometimes made it to the pulpit the following Sunday. The attitude that you approach the world with is the attitude that the world sees Jesus having. When you approach the world, and I, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that we should be allowing and be okay with sin. I'm not saying that at all. But when you approach the world with a demanding attitude, an, ex, an attitude of expectation. An attitude of grumpiness or or dissatisfaction. When you approach it, that's what they see Jesus as. That that that's the person that is the Trinity to them. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, has come into my restaurant today, and he was unhappy with all the food. He complained. He was rude, and he didn't leave a tip. That's that's why generosity is so important. Jesus was generous. I mean, there's examples of his generosity. The cross, among others. The feeding of the 5,000. <laughs> Think about that. Jesus needed to feed 5,000, or, or it says 5,000 men plus their family. So say there's 15,000. Jesus needed to feed 15,000 people. And yet, he blessed the food, and it multiplied to feed, well, there was 12 baskets jam-packed full of leftovers. So, I don't know, 20,000? I don't know how many, how many, how big the baskets were. But there's a reality that it was, a, it was an act of generosity. They fed until they were full, which was not something that happened very common in that part of the world at that time of history. We can look at other examples. His generosity did not extend just to the Jewish people or the Christians or the people that followed him. You know, you, his presence uh, alone moved um, many who were unsaved. Many who did not become his followers followed him because, or were not his followers, followed him because of his generosity. That, that was his attitude. And that, and that, that's that's a that's a good note we'll end on is your generosity is really deeply founded in your attitude and as long as our attitude is about well it's all about me and my family i'm taking my family i don't care what happens to the rest of the world you know or or the the flip side where you're judging everybody oh that's terrible i'm not going to give to that that they they might there might be the gay people there or there might be there might be um, uh, crooks there or or that person standing on the street corner there he probably was going to use the money to do to to do drugs or buy alcohol or something we're so worried about what it, because you know what 
The funny thing is, is if you look at the reality of that, there's that phrase again. If you look at the reality of that, the reason you don't want to give to that person is because you're afraid they're going to use it for something they shouldn't. It's because you are greedy. <laughs> okay, I'll stop there. Anyway, so God bless you guys. Thanks for listening in. I hope you got a little bit from this. We're going to probably explore this a little bit more over time. Um, we had talked about writing a book based upon the kingdom principles, but I think we're just going to do some pod and video casts and uh, leave it at that and see what happens. Anyway, if you want to take this teaching, if you want to get a better understanding of this teaching, dig into the word, find out what generosity really means as a member of the kingdom. Okay? Um, yes, we have a dog in the background. This is not a studio. This is a live mic in my bedroom. So, <laughs> so we do have a dog in the house that likes to bark at things. Probably a leaf went by or something like that. So, Anyway, God bless you guys. Thanks for stopping by. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us today. Hope you guys got something out of the Bible study this morning. Listen, if you need to get a hold of us, just send us an email at BibleStudyLive at Yahoo.com. That's BibleStudyLive, all one word, at Yahoo.com. We'll get back to you ASAP. Thanks. God bless.